Welcome to From the Field to the Fans podcast. I'm your host, Paul Livingood. So we had our first Thursday night game, Texas State football. It was aired on ESPNU against Georgia Southern. A 13-37 loss uh, is a lot worse than last year's loss, 25-28. But the, the rushing offense for Georgia Southern was way better in this game than last year's. Uh, last year, Texas State held Georgia Southern to 227 yards. They eclipsed that in the third quarter, uh, and they went on their way to a total of 503 yards. Just a monster game from the uh, rushing attack of the Eagles. So I guess we'll get into that. Matt, you watched it with me at my house. Um, what was your takeaways overall from the game to start this off? It was looking all right early. It was only 14-6 to six going into halftime. They had just forced a fumble on the goal line, or Texas State just forced a fumble. So it was looking good, but then the second half was just all Eagles. They ran the ball down Texas State's throat all night long in the second half. And it was it was pretty impressive, though, to see Georgia Southern – really run the ball like that. You got Matt Breda finishing it off with 205 yards on two TDs. And then a true freshman, Wesley Fields, coming in, putting up 158 yards on nine carries. That's 17.6 yards per carry. 17, he, he was getting almost two first downs worth of, of yards every time he carried the ball. He had one play where he brought up the middle and Demetrius Woodard was coming to corral him or tackle him. And he just, like, hits this jump cut to his left and then, like, spit, does a spin move, like, halfway into his cut. And it just it looks so natural to him. It was a great move. Um, and then he took it 34 more yards to the house. And, I mean, that one play just epitomized the entire night for the Bobcats. Their defense is now the worst in the Sun Belt in terms of rushing defense, like you said. Uh, 239 – or two, not 239, 293 – rushing yards allowed per game. It's um, the second worst in the country, too, as well. It's the second worst in the country, worse than the Sun Belt. But when you th- it's funny when you think of it, uh, when you look at the total yards uh, for, like, at the very bottom, like the last, like, five, like four or five, the three or four of them are Sun Belt teams. It's like Idaho, New Mexico State, Texas State. Mm-hmm. So, I mean – some bell defense is not is not the is not at a premium. There's some good rushing offenses too, like Georgia Southern running through teams. They lead the nation in rushing yards, so gotta give them a little bit of credit too. But still, yeah, the defenses aren't. You aren't shouldn't the best. allow 503 yards on the ground. I mean, granted, that's what Georgia Southern does. They only threw the ball what six times and ran 67 times. Ran 67 times. So I mean, that's, that's stupid. They they run this. It's not really a, a a triple option offense like Navy. They do have that package. I've seen them do it, but they just do it in any way possible. There's a there's a package where the running back literally stands like almost behind the quarterback, like touching his back. I don't know how they do it, but they they have that uh, formation. They have pi- all kinds of different variations of the pistol, um, and they just run read option on you all day long, and they just bank on. Ha- making that the guy that has to re- uh, read the replay make that person wrong. And so th- it's just a very simplified offense, and it worked for them tonight. Um, we can go through everyone. Brita, like you said, had 23 carries, 205 yards, two touchdowns, 8.9, y- 8.9 yards per carry. Then the next highest was the backup running back, Wesley Fields, true freshman, nine carries, 158 yards, a touchdown, 17.6 yards per carry. L.A. Ramsey, 17 carries for 69 yards. And then the starting quarterback, 
Kevin Ellison had 13 carries for 62 yards. That's a lot of – when you take each one, that's chunk. That's chunks of yardage. So, I mean, it, it just it, – it wasn't ever really close from half – uh, from halftime forward. Yeah, they averaged seven and a half yards per rush. There was really nothing the Bobcats could do when you have a team doing that to you. There was also some big big third down and fourth down conversions that was going on when Georgia Southern was on offense. And they went thir- three of three on fourth downs in the game and seven of 16 on third downs. There's just – Every single one of those were fourth and shorts. I mean, if uh, Georgia Southern, you're one, you, you lead the nation in rushing and you have fourth and short – I would have the confidence to go for it, yeah. like no matter where I am on the. F- I mean, if I'm in my own zone, like from the 25 and back, I probably wouldn't do it. But anywhere around midfield and forward, I mean, if you're fourth and short, if I'm Georgia Southern and I'm against Texas State defense, uh, rush defense that is at the bottom of the country, I'm going for it every time. And it worked. It worked every single time, pretty much. They went four or five in the red zone. The only time they didn't score in the red zone was because there was about five seconds ago in the second half, and they did a play action pass that the Texas State um, pass rush actually snuck out or smelt out pretty well. They, um, I think it was, who is it that got the the sack? Um, I'm not sure. Let me look. It was, I can't, I can't see it, but are you talking about the play where they had the pass interference and then like, no, it was like to end the, in the first half, it was a, Aaron Shaw is who it was. Oh, yeah, he forced the fumble. Yeah, and he then, came up and wrapped him up. Yes, okay. It was a pretty, pretty big that play. That was a crucial play. There was I a possibility mean, of that being a big turning point in the game for Texas State. Definitely. Like there, it's uh, 14-6 at the time. Um, Georgia Southern's driving. They're on the four-yard line. On the four-yard line with, uh, I think, 10 seconds left in the half. And they get uh, Kevin Nelson scrambling, and they happen to get a, a, a costly, or I guess it's fortunate for them, um, fumble that Texas State recovers. That was the interesting thing that Texas State had three forced fumbles that they recovered every single time. All in the first half, too. All in the first half. And they got three points off all those turnovers. That was a big problem too. That was a huge problem. They they couldn't they couldn't convert. They, and then they tried the the, the fake field the goal. fake field goal on the first uh, the first uh, drive after their first fumble. That was ballsy, especially with the wide receiver throwing a pass to your kicker. But I mean, six yards. Did, uh, Coach Coach Fran, he he likes to do those fake punts, fake field goals. He likes to throw little wrinkles in. He uh, he obviously trusts Lumi Kaba a lot because he's always the that token guy that that he's going to with these these trick plays. But I mean in. I can understand the thought process. You're at the at that point. It was 14 to three. You're trying to get some momentum going, and it was a. I mean, if you if they got that playoff, he probably would have walked in the end zone because he there was only like two guys there, and they were both going to be blocked mm-hmm. uh, by receivers. So I mean, but it, the the pass was just at his feet. He couldn't catch it. Turnover mm-hmm. on downs, and I mean that kind of just deflates a team, in my opinion. And I mean, it's a high risk, high reward situation. Yeah, that was. It was. I don't want to say it was a bad call. I like the uh, the creativity. I like it too. It's just uh, it, like whenever whenever it doesn't work out, it just it happens to bite yeah, you. Yeah, it's in hindsight that you can say, "Oh, we shouldn't have did that." But yeah. I mean, if it works, franchise. I definitely looks like understand a the thought process in the moment. Um, and so moving forward, we have the, going back to the Texas State defense missed tackles. Oh my God! That that one play. For, uh, for Matt Brito, and there was about six guys. I think think that had a good good shot yep. of taking him down, and he just kept yep. moving his feet, and all of a sudden he's got an open lane and took that. For yep. about Matt Brita goes straight yards. in the hole and gets touched by at least half the Bobcat defense in the hole, and somehow, some way, breaks it out to the outside to the left side and just takes it down 
down the house. And so that I mean, missed tackles has not been a point of emphasis that's new. Like that this has been a problem for Texas State all season. You saw it in the in the Florida State game against Dalvin Cook. You saw it against Greg Ward in the Houston Cougars. Even Southern Miss too. Southern Miss with the with the big runs at the end in that game. Xavier Johnson uh, tore the Bobcats up in that game. So missed tackles is something that, even though it seems it seemed like they had gotten better at in the South Alabama game, proved to be a problem again in this game. Um, still no interceptions for this defense. They're the oh only team God. in the nation that doesn't have a defense. I I'm I want I need to look up. I know, yeah, we never got that stat. Yeah, I need to look up when, uh, how long it's been or if it's ever happened at all that a team in college football has not gotten an interception in, in a season. This wasn't a game they were going to get it either. When but they true, yes, yes. Six times when they go off. You mentioned that in your preview is that they're, that that was the reason why one of your bold predictions was that Texas State would not get an uh, interception in this game because of the fact that they only throw the ball less than ten times a game. Yeah, and it's not like Ellison was a terrible throwing motion either. He's still got a pretty good arm on him, so he's not going to throw like a floater up there like you see with some of the, the triple option teams who have a quarterback that does that. But, yeah, five pass attempts for Ellison. Not much you can do there, but they have to get an interception at some point this year. I don't know when it'll be. Maybe next week, maybe last game of the season, who knows. Conversely, for the Bobcats, two interceptions, one thrown by Tyler Jones, one thrown by Connor White. Connor White came in in the fourth quarter. Yeah, when that's a garbage. The last it was, it was a garbage. It was a garbage time interception, um, but still counts just as much as in the stat book. Um, time of possession, like you said in your, uh, in your preview. Um, you in the first half, it was pretty it even. Was, it was even. We looked at it, and it was about 15-15, and looking at it, after the game, Texas State had the ball for 22 minutes and 47 seconds compared to Georgia Southern, who had it for 37 minutes and 13 seconds. So that's a 15-minute difference. That second half. That second half. had another quarter to play on offense. Exactly. Um, one of the things that attributed to that was just the fact that Texas State was either when they had the ball, they were going – it was just three and outs. Yep, they, had, they, had, they had five three and outs in that game. Um, Tyler shout Jones. out to Joe. Joe, I saw a tweet about it. He he called it a broken uh, broken record just over and over and over again. Texas State having three and outs. Um, even though they did find some success moving the ball in the third quarter, it didn't really seem to matter because of the fact that Georgia Southern was scoring on literally every drive that they had. But I mean, Lumi Cabo. I mean he. He showed up once again. He made both his field goals. He, I mean, I would like to say that he would have made the field goal if they didn't fake it. It was a forty something. It was a forty-eight yarder, mm-hmm. but um, he made his thirty-three yarder, his twenty-eight yarder. Um, he had five punts for an average of forty-eight yards, um, a fifty-two yard for long, and one inside the twenty. So I mean, Lumi Kaba is it seems to be the only player that's been consistent throughout the entire season on the Bobcats roster. And that could come in handy late in the late in the season. If they need a game-winning field goal. I would like to see him in that situation. There has yet he to hasn't be been in that situation yet, but no that would situation. be an interesting thing to see if he uh, if he can if he has the cold blood in him to where he can just yeah. block everything out and just knock in that that game-winning field goal. Maybe perhaps in one of these home games, these these teams, New Mexico State, ULM, and I think Idaho, are more to the Bobcats. Caliber, I should, I would say, they'll be favored for sure. So, I mean, maybe we'll see a closer game uh, where we could see Lumi Kaba in that situation. Um, but the Texas State offense has got to play better moving forward. Oh my God, Tyler Jones, 
Might have had the worst game he's had as a Bobcat today. He went 10 of 25 for 87 yards and only ran for, for 27, 27 yards. yards like seven carries. So, I mean, he, he had barely over 100 yards all-purpose yards. This is a guy who was top five in the, in the conference in all-purpose yards, and he comes out and puts a stinker like a that. A person that Georgia State – uh, coach Trent Miles said that he he believed that Tyler Jones was the best quarterback in the, in the Sun Belt. He's not playing like it right now. No, he so, had a great start to the season, but he definitely had a good happened. start. But the past few games, he just his percentages have not been that good. His total yards have not been that good. Like we said, I I found it surprising. I told you that the first play of the game, they threw a deep shot to Brandon Smith. I did not see that coming whatsoever. I figured that they would stick with their their offense that they usually do, throwing short passes and throwing um, play action, crossing routes and stuff. Uh, but, I mean, that it shows in the numbers, the 213 total yards is the lowest mark for the Bobcats this season. Um, Robert Lowe barely – I mean, he was the only offensive, like, highlight of this of, of this game. Yeah, he still averaged 4.6 4. yards a carry. Which, in, hi- in hindsight, that's not that bad. Yeah, 12 carries, 91 yards. Can't go wrong with that. No no touchdowns. He had a 23-yard run. He was pretty consistent. It's a pretty good rush defense, too. Georgia Southern came into the game as the second-best That's true. Defense. He said he, they said they were very stout. Yeah. Do you think he's hurting after this game? Do you think he got pounded a little bit? Uh, I didn't see anything too crazy. I didn't see him get popped. Maybe those ice baths helped him out a little bit. Yeah. Shout yeah, out to Robert Lowe. So. Yeah, he's staying healthy. They need him healthy for Ohio. They, this Bobcat team cannot afford any more injuries, um, especially to the running back position uh, in the offensive line and, and the defensive line. Too. I mean, there's the, the injuries are spread out across the board amongst all positions. So, I mean, they just need to stay healthy and try to take care of uh, home field coming up this this next month. They have three of their four games at home. Three uh, the next three in a row are all at home. They need to win all three of those. All three. Are I agree with you. Definitely winnable. And I mean this this, that, this fan base needs something. That, to, to that sure winning these bit. three games would put them at five hundred, five and five, with two two games left to go. Arkansas State being the last game on ESPNU again. That that's going to be a huge game. I feel like coming uh, going into the end of the season that. Texas State will win these three games. I believe that. And then whether or not they win the game before Arkansas State, I think they, they have a good chance of doing that. But that would be an interesting dynamic. They beat the team last year. They're 6-5 and five if they win out from here to that point. Going for a seven-win season, there's an extra Sunbelt uh, Bowl tie-in. That would be a huge game for them to win. It's going to be tough for them to get off the snide, though. I mean, being two and four, and not really putting up that many good games, and then all or two and five, and not really just doing anything that impressive. The South Alabama game was impressive, but to get back on the winning winning side of things might be harder than than it, than it sounds. Yep. We'll uh, with our bold predictions, you almost you almost got yours right. Um, you predicted that Matt Breida would get 250 rushing yards. You were close. You were 45 short. Yeah, I got the numbers mixed up there. 205. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. You had, <laughs> you, had you have a little dyslexia, dyslexia or anything? Yeah, you got the the I five and the zero so, mixed yeah. up or anything? Yeah, my uh, my little ball, my fortune telling ball is just not not. It wasn't on point this yeah, weekend. Yeah, just I don't know. Maybe the five looked like a zero. They kind of look alike. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's tough. Just it's wrong tough. placement. Wrong placement. Um, and then your other one was the no interceptions, which you. But I mean yeah, that. But that was that wasn't too. I, bold. That that one's not. It was it was bold, just to say that they're going to still be the only, 
team in the nation without an interception. But in high, like looking at it now and, and before the game, it's not too bold just in the fact that they're only going to throw the ball six times a game. Yeah, so I forget what I said. I want to say that I said Robert Lowe would get 150. It's going to be a one-score game. One-score game. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, well, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was one score at halftime. It was, that, there you go. It was uh, even one score going into the fourth quarter. It was 13 – no, no, it was two scores, 13 and 24 going into the – Yeah, that 13 uh, to zero the score at uh, fourth quarter in favor of – the Georgia Southern Eagles. That that's a that's a dagger. It was twenty-one to thirteen. Texas State just scored a touchdown. Things were looking things were looking bright, and then sixteen unanswered points in the game for Georgia Southern. That's how right. it goes. So coming up next, uh, the homecoming game. We're actually uh, this is going to be fun. We're going to have a a homecoming video. I'm going to go around tailgate and ask people Texas State football trivia questions. But that'll be I'll save that for a rainy day. I'll save that for another day. Um, but New Mexico State's next. They are still winless. Lost last 17 straight dating back to last season. So, I mean, that, ga- that game you would think would be a winnable game for the Bobcats. It's going to be it's, – it's, it's weird, though, because it's a 3 p.m. game. Usually they, they play 6 p.m. games at home at least every single time. Unless it's a, a primetime game like how they played Lafayette on a Tuesday last year. That was a like 8.30 game. But – about 90 to 95% of the games that I've covered or gone to since I've been here have all been 6 o'clock games. So that'll be an interesting dynamic. Plus, it'll be easier for us because the fact that we'll get done sooner, but that's besides the point. Um, but we'll get to the New Mexico game whenever that comes around next Saturday. Um, so wrapping up the show, any final thoughts? Well, going to the New Mexico State game, that's a must win for sure. I think if they were to – to lose to them, things might be a little, <laughs> little heated at practice uh, next week. You think Fran be on the hot seat? I'm not. Uh, it sounds if, if they lose that state. I mean, things are not going well. Things might need to change. But also, the game tonight. When you have the number one team in the nation, or the number one rushing team in the nation against one of the worst teams in the nation, you got to put that defense, in perspective. There's just not not that great of a chance that that rush defense is going to come through. Against the team that like that is Georgia true because last year, whenever they lost twenty five twenty eight, it was kind of a shock that they that they played so well because, again, their rush defense last year wasn't very good either. But it just so happened that David Mayo, who was drafted mm-hmm. in the fifth round by the Panthers, he just happened to have a really good game, mm-hmm. and just the defense as a whole, they they looked like a completely different defense. And I was really just really impressed by Matt Breda and Wesley Fields out there tonight. I think Breda is going to be the guy there for a while. I like how he doesn't wear gloves and he doesn't wear tape. He does it old school. He is very old school. I like that. I like that look. And Wesley Fields, I think, is going to be the future for Georgia Southern running back. He's a true freshman. Absolutely killed it today. Set career highs in rushing yards and his longest run of his career. That guy might <laughs> might do that again to the Bobcats. In you his think career. he'll be the freshman of the year in the Sun Belt? Um, possibly if he keeps continuing this. That was, this was his only 100-plus yard game. So you never know. That might spring him to get more. It might. It might. His confidence might be better. Um, Matt Breida, do you think he – what any uh, postseason honors you, you expect from him? Um, is there a running back of the year award? Because he'll definitely get that. He's already I think over. they just have – they have, like, offensive player of the year, oh, okay. um, stuff like that. Oh, uh, yeah. He's already at 1,100 yards rushing. If he could get – 18, maybe even I'm not sure if 2,000 and is possible, but he's at he's got 13 touchdowns already. Yeah, he's definitely got a shot. I know Ellison was up there, 
But Lamb from Appalachian State, I think right now, is still the front runner. He came in and I wonder beat whenever Southern. Texas State's going to play App State. They haven't played them in both years that they've been in the Sun Belt. Yeah, not this year. I don't know. But Lamb is a senior, I believe, so they might not see him next year. Fortunately they, for, they for Texas State. Yes, and he's looking pretty good. I don't know if he's NFL caliber, but for the Sun Belt, he is elite. But that's about, that's about all they got for the night. Yep. All right, so for Matt Gervitz, I'm Paul Livingood. See you next time. <laughs>